In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Good morning, Cleveland. It's the Paul and Jack show. It's the unstructured, fun show of the week that me and Jack like the most. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. Always look forward to these because we, we sit there about an hour before the show. We text each other a couple of ideas and go, let's discuss this. And then the show actually starts and we discuss something completely different. But it's good fun regardless. Okay, excellent. Jack, what's first on the topic this week? So first on the topic is the fantastic video you did. And even though we're an NFL, um, we're a Browns podcast, there's some things more important than that. So Paul, take it away. Um, give it a plug. Yeah, no worries. Um, that's my line, mate. Uh, we're an NFL podcast, not a uh, video podcast. No, but jokes aside, um, yeah, Matthew Dixon reached out to me and he has just um, obviously got this... Um, He's fighting cancer and I yeah, just wanted to do what I could to help him. Obviously put some money in it, but it was more about trying to uh, get some exposure for him. So if anyone's listening to this podcast right now, just a favor, go follow Matthew and uh, yeah, follow his, his journey, his um, blogs that he's going to start producing. And I'm going to try and support him with some how to do content. And uh, yeah, he's, he's really enjoying the engagement of not thinking about fighting the cancer and actually now thinking about um blogging and uh, making it exciting so uh yeah please go follow uh, matthew and uh, hopefully he'll be on the show quite regular jack yeah so it's at laser guy 09 on twitter so if you go find him on twitter um you've got all his gofundme um stuff there so uh you can jump on help him all uh support is greatly appreciated i just want to stress this is nothing about me this is just me trying to be a nice guy so anyway um jack what's next so next is duke johnson because when we had recorded the podcast with mike clay we hadn't quite had the daughter interview yet and the only thing that really came out of it for me uh, there there was some some negative stuff like uh he hadn't properly investigated it when he claimed he had because he hadn't spoken to the victims um one thing i'd love to give some advice to dorsey is just listen to what bill belichick says and do that if he had just come out and said, Kareem Hunt gives us a better chance for winning, that's why we've decided to do it. We're moving on to next week. None of the trouble would have come from the press conference, but the one line that really disappointed me was he said, Duke Johnson yeah, isn't expendable yet. Um, you could have just sold it as some really positive thing. We've got three fantastic running backs. They're all incredibly talented. Let's go forward. Um, what he basically means is we need Duke Johnson for one more year because Kareem Hunt's probably not going to be here. Um, but uh, it is what it is. He, he just needs to get smarter with his words because if I'm Duke Johnson, I'm bitterly disappointed that they've signed Kareem Hunt anyway. And when your general manager goes, well, we don't really value you, it, it's not nice. Do you think... Or do you want, Jack, uh, a Bill Belichick-style press conference where we, we know nothing? Or are you keen to hear little segments like that? Maybe it's a mistake. Maybe it just slipped off the tongue. Or is it a smokescreen? So there's 
there's three ways of looking at it, really. And yeah, do you have any views on that, Jack? I'd rather hear nothing because the trouble is, Dorsey issues this press statement that says they've investigated it, they've taken it all really seriously, and then he's asked the question, "Have you spoken to the victims?" No, and it all starts falling apart. And Hugh Jackson was a calamity during press conferences. Oh, well, I've got to go watch the tape. Uh, Dorsey's been awful at it since. He, he promised us he'd investigate the Michael Kendricks thing. He's the victim. He's happy with it. And then lo and behold, he might be going in prison for 25 years. If you can't competently talk to the media without putting your foot in it, don't do it. There is no requirement for John Dorsey to go and chat to the media every time. So just push it off. And for me, get Mike Leach in. Ring Mike Leach. Bring him in. Press secretary. I don't care how much you've got to pay him. Do not allow John Dorsey to speak to media. Freddie Kitchens has been very, very good and clever with it and used it to his advantage with what he did um, against the Panthers with Luke Keekley. But Dorsey just seems a liability when he's in front of the cameras. Um, just focus behind the scenes and you don't have to be the face of the organisation because he came out and he said, oh, well, I'm not the face of the organisation. And so comments like that, it's just like, what are you saying? Yeah, from someone who runs a business, I think it's very important that you do communicate and I'm sure um, someone like, I don't know, I don't know how the organization runs, but whoever they on the board and the, and the people putting the uh, company in the right direction, D and the Haslam's, one of the conditions of probably hiring um, Hunt was probably that you now have to own it and go out and communicate with the world why we've done it. So maybe that's why there is some mistakes coming out. Yeah, and no, that's a nicely moves us on to our next topic. What did you make of the fact that Pilot Flying J, who uh, owned by the Haslam's, um, was sponsorship deal for lots of the college football through ESPN, threw their toys out the pram this week and cancelled the uh, advertising over the Seth Wickersham story, which exposed lots of internal issues with the Browns over the last uh, few years of the Haslam's. What do you make of that? Yeah, I. <laughs> fair enough. You know, you, you put me under the bus. <laughs> yeah, well, Pull the plug. It's simple business, you know. You either respect, you know, respect us and uh, look after your clients. Yeah, don't put us under the bus. Bye. Move on. I just thought it 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 showed that it's obviously struck a nerve, and they were annoyed by the content. And they didn't come out and deny any of it, um, as far as I've seen. And uh, I, I think it's. I would have preferred them just to be above it. It's obviously a valuable sponsorship, or they wouldn't have been involved with it. And um, you can't just expect every business because you sponsor with them to kill a good story. Um, it's a good story. It went out there. It got lots of coverage. So uh, I would have preferred them to rise above it. But um, hey, it is what it is. It did just make me laugh. Yeah, so any of our sponsors uh, listening to it, this show, if you put us under the bus, we're just going to pull, pull you, mate. Simple as that. Now, we'll give them special mention. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. We've got no sponsors. Um, uh, Beckham w what's your views on Beckham trade mate we keep hearing these uh, rumours going around and around what's, what's your update on it Jack so um, I think he's in the same boat as the elite pass rusher and things like that even though wide receivers never quite as important as people make them out to be um, I think you're still talking for a player like that two first round picks um, they've still got to consume I believe it's 16 million in a dead cap to make that trade. So I would say your starting bar is two first round picks. For me, I'm not giving up our first round pick this year, our first round pick next year for a uh, player like Odell Beckham Jr. For any player, 
There's no player in the NFL I'd give up two first-round picks for. Now we've got a quarterback. Mate, I know you're never going to be keen to um, trade for a running back so early and blah, 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 taking su- such a lot of the cap on a wide receiver. But here's a question for you, okay? Beckham, what would you be willing to give him to trade so we got Beckham? So this is this is something I've thought about. It's, it's a difficult one because one of the main reasons I don't want him is because of the blated bloated contracts the advantage obviously is if you trade for someone and then that 16 million almost comes as a cap saving that you get so there is certainly an advantage in there i would be looking to do a deal i'm gonna say our second round this year and jarvis landry if people love jarvis landry that much i'm not a giant fan of him then uh he can go to the giants um and then you're looking at a deal for um obj uh, 16.75 16.75 million, 14 million, 14 and a half, 13.75, um, plus a couple of roster and workout bonuses. That's a really easy contract that you can sink your teeth into. So I'm willing to go a um, second round this year, Jarvis Landry. And if you want to throw in a fourth um, in 2020, I'll even do that. Okay, Jack, I like your open mindedness to get Beckham is in a Browns jersey. Um, I, I, I just can't see the Giants taking that trade, though. Um, I don't think it works in their best interest as a franchise. Do they, um, do they need a slot receiver? Um, not really. Um, that, that, it, every team can obviously add pieces, but if you're looking at about the same cap hit for Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry, and there, there is slight differences in it they're paying him sort of three four million a year more but the difference of three four million isn't taking you from Landry to Beckham so for me I'm I'm happy to uh make that deal um I just don't think it happens all right keeping in New York buddy Colin Kaepernick what's your um views on him coming back So I think it's a win-win for both sides. Uh, The NFL gets to bury it. Um, Colin Kaepernick does what he wanted all along. It was just all about getting paid. If you're a backup quarterback to Blaine Gabbert, then you've not really got an NFL career. Um, It's it's as simple as that. Blaine Gabbert is not a good quarterback. So he's got paid probably an incredibly handsome sum. Um, and for me, if I, I'm not sure he'll come back to the NFL because I don't think anyone wants him as a starting quarterback anyway. Um, he might be a mid-season pickup if someone gets an injury, but I don't think anyone's going to put him in a position to start. For me, if I was going to pair him to a team, I would be looking at the Baltimore Ravens, as I've said for the last few months, a quarterback room of Lamar Jackson, um, Colin Kaepernick and RG3 gives you three quarterbacks that they could easily get injured and they're literally, you can't rely on a quarterback that plays that style of football. So you just run them into the wall and when one goes down, you just send the next one out. I thought he was almost done deal with the Jets. Is that not the case? I haven't heard of anything like that. Um, The only reason he might not go and probably won't go to the Ravens though is because Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend compared the... uh, owner of the Ravens to a slave owner and um, the uh, Ray Lewis to, I don't know if you've seen Django Unchained, um, yeah, Samuel, Samuel L. Jack. So she tweeted a picture which had 
um, Ray Lewis hugging um, the uh, Ravens owner. And under that was a picture of um, Leonardo DiCaprio, who plays the slave owner in Django Unchained, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson in that movie, which uh, obviously is put out there as the reason why the Ravens refused to sign him because you've obviously got blatant racism from someone's other half and the team just didn't want to be involved in that. All right, excellent. Um, and what's next on the topic, Jack? Anything you want to discuss? So keeping with wide receivers, Adam Humphreys, Bleacher Report have said um, their prediction of where he's going to go this offseason at the moment. They've predicted the Browns, which I just cannot see. Why are we going to go out there? It would be an improvement in our slot receiver. PFF have got him rated better than Landry, so it's definitely a step forward. How much of a step forward? Who really knows? But it is it is certainly in the right direction. But you're not going to pay Jarvis Landry 14 million, just over 14 million, to be your backup slot receiver and your starting slot receiver potentially eight or nine, maybe ten as a free agent. Um, it's just it's not going to happen unless you're moving Jarvis Landry on. Um, I just cannot see Adam Humphreys coming. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. With the with the wide receiver room, I think we've still got Higgins and Perryman just to um, sign up. What, any idea when that's going to happen, do you reckon? I'm not sure. I was thinking we might see some movement by now. You've sort of three or four players around the NFL started signing this week, just gone. So I think we'll see a lot more movement in the next week. I'm feeling a lot less confident on Perryman. I think he will get some really good offers around the NFL and um, it will show really good restraint from the Browns if they go, look, he's gone over the price we're willing to pay. Good luck to him. He can move on. Um, and I, I, that's what lots of good teams do. If you, teams are really scared of the word rebuild. If you look at the one team out there every single season that rebuilds, who are they? It's the New England Patriots. They allow quality players and serious um, role players in their team to move on every single season and what happens they keep investing in that middle of that roster because the worst thing you can do is have three and four incredible players and you pay them so much that everyone else is really bad or on their rookie deals because that way the middle of your roster is really weak the new england patriots are unique in the aspect of they pump so much money into the middle of the roster they don't have many high paid players they have a few low paid players because they always have loads of picks but it's all pumped in at the middle of that roster. So for me, if we let Perryman go because he costs too much, if we let, say, Greg Robinson go because the price gets ridiculously high, that's a good thing. It shows maturity. John Dorsey has a reputation when he came over. If a player comes into a meeting and goes, I want to be paid X, he go, yeah, let's get that done. And there was no real negotiation and bringing the price down and deciding whether it was a good deal. He just agreed to it. So I think if we can really put in some... Uh, work to decide what that value point is and then pull the plug once it goes over okay and um so there was a bit of uh draft news with simmons getting that acl injury this week yeah i think for me this has potentially reinforced it that he will be our second round pick um it's really obviously, it's obviously really early um, to know what the damage is and what the news is. And, and I think you, you'll always hear more about where teams are rating people after the combine because loads of stuff gets leaked at the combine. Um, but for me, I, I think we could seriously be in the market for trading up a few picks in that second round and maybe grabbing him because I think he's looking at sort of 30 to 40 range um, and Dorsey will trade up, grab him. Um, 
it, it might drop lower than that, um, but we'll get a good idea sort of over the next month. And um, no, for me, I think he's one to keep an eye on, and that could be an incredible, talented player in the second round. Um, personally, I, I question it, but it's it's a risk worth taking if you think he can produce that level. Because if you get a player that is sort of a top five interior defender in the NFL um, draft that low in the in the pick when it is a D line draft, then uh, it, it, it could be a punt and it's, it's Dorsey all over. The one thing I don't know, and I need to do more work on injured players. And I don't mean Nick Chubb. I mean, injured players because he could miss training camp. He could miss the start of the season. So he might be one year almost right off one year. Um, and then you can bring in the Darius Phelan um, as your starter. And then when Jeffrey Simmons later in the year gets ready, you can let them compete. So, um, Oh, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Mm. Yeah, mention a feeling. I thought I had a world exclusive, but it looks like I didn't, did I? You're only about 10 hours behind uh, Evan Silver, so uh, it's, it's good competition, but um, you missed out, mate. Mm. How far do you think Simmons could fall down? Do you reckon he could be like there at the, the third and the fourth round if this injury really um, um, takes a big hit on his uh, draft prospects? It's far too early. Um, I don't think he falls that far. Um, I'm not sure if he'll even be there at 49. It might be a case of trading up a little bit. It might be a case that he doesn't move down that much and one team goes, actually, we'll go for this. Um, You're more likely to see teams that aren't in a Super Bowl window go for him because a team that is rebuilding um, or down there and struggling and looking more long-term prospects can bring him in and go, it doesn't matter that we're not going to use him this year. Um, we're just going to literally tie him up, put him down, and we'll look at him in the next season. So you're likely to see them teams at the top of the, uh, sorry, at the back end of the draft, sort of the picks 25 through to 32 go, actually, we don't need this guy. Um, We need to do something else. So uh, I I would keep an eye on it. Mm, Awesome. And uh, what's your weekly pick at number 17? Um, so I, I've been on the Simmons train, so this one is slightly tougher because I've got to come up with a new name. I am, I'm going to go back to my, um, tackles. Um, I, I'm, I saw him drop in Morris Joe's Drew draft, um, Jonah Williams. I don't think he's going to be there. Which tackle? I'm not entirely sure. I'm struggling. Um, so I'm just going to say a tackle today. Um, I know it's a cop-out. Dillard, people are saying, isn't as good as some of the rest. But um, I'll let you answer, and I'll Google some tackles and come out with a name. Right. So this is I'm going to go with cornerback Greedy Williams. And this is going to be a classic podcast where I say, go back, listen to February the 16th. And uh, I said online, we're going to sign Greedy Williams. But no, jokes aside, I reckon it's going to be a bit of a shock. We're going for another cornerback, and I've gone with uh, Greedy Williams. Well, actually, I'm going to go really bold, and I'm going to say tight end Hoxon. Um, I would love to see him come in um, for all the other knock-on impact it has. I just cannot see it happening, unfortunately. So it's not really a prediction, but I would love to see us add Hoxon because it means two tight ends are here to come. Um, I know it didn't end well, but um, you had, uh, what's her name, Uh, Hernandez and Gronk in New England, and it was incredibly valuable um, until he uh, obviously 
ruined his life. But uh, up until that point, there is a lot of positives to be seen. So uh, I'll keep an eye on it. If I was going to guess tackle, yeah, let me stick with Andre Dillard. Let's go for it. You only live once. But, yeah, Greedy uh, Williams, everyone who probably listens to this podcast saying, Paul, what you're saying, top 10 prospect. He won't drop down to 17th. I but, think he will. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a good chance he might be there. Um, uh, but no, I, I, I've never got an issue with adding more corners. Um, obviously, in a couple of weeks, we'll get a really, really good idea. And we're going to start doing some mock drafts after free agency. So me and Paul will sit there and do a mock draft. Um, who knows what's going to come out of that. But uh, that's going to be an exciting case. So we'll, you'll hear a lot more about all of our picks after free agency. We just... We don't really want to get too deep into draft um, and who we're taking because it's too early for that. Everything's going to change um, past free agency. If um, I, I tweeted the Browns on Valentine's Day. Unfortunately, they didn't respond. I asked for some flowers. I said, come on, guys, spend 50 million. Get me some flowers. And uh, they, they haven't responded. But uh, fingers crossed in free agency, I'll get my 50 million worth of flowers. Jack, mate, I don't know where your banter humor comes from, mate, but that was awful. I did tweet you though. <laughs> <laughs> and tagged him in. So, hey, maybe if we sign him, I'll, uh, I'll dig it out and just uh, claim victory. I influenced John Dorsey. <laughs> I will give you credit. I think you're the first person that did um, uh, kitchens on the Wolf of Wall Street thing. And that went viral. So, um, mate, it was your idea. Then they copied it, mate. So, they're obviously, uh, they're obviously uh, following you and stuff. Tamaris um, Randall knows. Yeah. I can't wait to ask Randall that. If I ever meet Randall, that's the first thing I'm going to ask you. Do you listen to the podcast? He says no. And then I said, well, we claim that you're going to give the ball to uh, Hugh uh, Jackson. So I think you're lying. Anyway, um, tell us about our stats this week, Jack. So biggest week ever. Thank you so much, guys. It's been absolutely insane. For any of you that just stumbled across, hit, hit that um, subscribe button because that means they just come straight to you. You don't have to chase us around each day and ask where the links are. They come straight to you and wherever you are. So if you've got iTunes, if you've got Apple Podcasts, if you've got Spotify, if you've got Podbean, there's all of them. Anywhere else where we aren't but you need us to be, let me or Paul know and we'll do everything we can to pop up on that site. Um, but no, we've got some wicked shows coming um, next week. Oh, I've, I've got some fantastic guests. We've got Trevor Sycamore coming on got Jordan Zerm coming on and um, Paul's got his history show um, we've got some other stuff which we, we're just finishing off um, but no there's some there's some really exciting stuff guys so uh, make sure you hit subscribe um, rate us five star and review um, I, I was reading through some of the reviews in the UK um, last night there's some wicked stuff so thank you very much and I need to get someone to see what our US listeners are saying because we don't get the reviews this side that you guys put in but um, hey let's hope it's all five stars because that's what we've got this side. Um, so uh, it's, it's exciting stuff. Well, I got some breaking news, Jack, that our listeners oh. may not know. Oh, no. There's a ex-Browns player in London next week. Ooh! He may not be a fan's favourite anymore, but Zane Gonzalez, we are meeting up next week, so that should be interesting. I normally keep away from bringing players onto the podcast, but maybe this time we can get him on. Uh, maybe I can change my theory of getting uh, players on the podcast. And breakfast, mate, next thing is 
am I going to see you later? That is the question because I am going to do something a bit different. I am going to try and make biscuits and gravy the US style. Do you mean like custard creams and then gravy you put on a Sunday roast? Jack, I understand your humour. I actually find it really funny, but our <laughs> listeners got no idea what you're talking about. Oh. No, this is biscuits that they call um, like scones to us. Well, I'll have to come and find out what on earth's going on because I, I don't know what's going on. So uh, biscuits and gravy, uh, it's good. If I turn up and I get chocolate bourbons and uh, gravy from a Sunday roast, I won't be Bisto. impressed. <laughs> do, do they have Bisto in America? I don't know. If not, then they're missing out. Yeah, okay, great. All right, Jack. Yeah, thanks a lot for today. Look forward to seeing you later on. Mate, thanks a lot for your hard work with the editing and everything you do behind the scenes. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing us to do this, guys. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, have a good one. Uh, <laughs> Jack, who's this? This is Percy. Mm. If anyone's paying attention. Um, Percy, how do you feel being on the Paul Brown podcast? <laughs>